Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you. Welcome back to Empower You Podcast. My name is Killboy Cooper and I am your host. Our topic for today's episode is purpose versus goals. And our guest is none other than C. Cole Dillon, the founder and CEO of Student Loan 411. She has over 25 years experience working in Silicon Valley for technology companies in domestic and global positions. She has been in leadership as a trial lawyer, corporate counsel, technical instructor, senior global business manager, and much, much more. She is a professional speaker and a published author, and we are so glad that she is here with us. We did have a few problems with our connection through this interview, but I cleaned it up as best I could, and I really hope that you take the maximum amount of information and insight from this amazing interview and thought exercise. I really hope you enjoy. Here we go. Welcome to Empower You Podcast. My name is Kibway Cooper, and I am your host. Our topic for today's interview is purpose versus goals. And differentiating the two, uh, it's really important that we understand that you allow rather your purpose to inform your goals. And I have a fantastic guest on to talk to us about that. Her name is C. Cole Dillon, and she is fantastic. Uh, I'm going to let her give you a little bit of an introduction about herself before we jump into the questions. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm the president and CEO of a company called Student Loan 411, which I've been doing for the last eight years. And in that capacity, I work with uh, people from all across the United States who have excessive student loan debt. Um, and excessive student loan debt is actually integrally uh, tied to this question of purpose and goals. So um, I'm really interested in having this conversation with you and um, kind of getting some perspective out that out there. But before I did that, I was the chief information officer at Chicago State University, which meant that I was responsible for all of the university's technology. Um, and I have a long career in technology in the Silicon Valley, um, worked for many of the uh, big tech names that you could readily recognize like Citrix and um, Oracle and now SAP, but it used to be business objects. So worked for a lot of the recognizable um, tech names and was, I guess, what some would consider uh, to be a unicorn um, in the sense that uh, I was a black woman working at senior levels in technology. Um, my education, I have my undergraduate degree from Northwestern University in education. And I also hold a graduate degree from uh, Santa Clara University 
in California. So that's kind of the long and short of my bio. Wow, that is fantastic. Um, having come out of the uh, uh, higher education system, um, thankfully, you know, graduating and everything, but yeah, that student loan stuff is uh, a huge um, deterrent to even going to school. And it is also a, a, a bewildering factor after you leave school, uh, depending on how your post-graduate um, studies or, or life has shaped up by way of employment and things like that. And so it is really, um, it's really awesome that you took some time to, to uh, be here with us. I am so thankful and glad that you are here. You are also an alma mater. Your alma mater is Northwestern, which is where my mom went to school, as you know. And so um, that is a bit uh, interesting for me. I'm still processing that. I think that's amazing uh, that you two both knew uh, each other. Um, for those who do not know, my mom passed away in 2016, and she also went to Northwestern. And uh, graduated um, after studying education and Spanish, which is um, how she started teaching, and she was spoke several different languages. And our guest, uh, Miss Dylan, and my mom were um, at the same school at the same time and knew each other. So I think all of this is just really, really interesting. So again, thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so, so I want to ask you, how do you differentiate purpose from goals? What would be uh, some, some differentiating factors? How would you tell between those? You know, I would love to give you a really erudite answer, but, you know, I think the real nitty gritty of it is your purpose in life is the thing that you can't stop yourself from doing. Um, you know, and it's, it's kind of interesting because we oftentimes tell ourselves that, you know, the things that we think about all the time are not the things that we should be pursuing. So we try to find something better and more acceptable to pursue, um, you know, a profession of being a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or something else. But really, um, what I've discovered, especially working on the student loan problem is that people eventually revert back to the thing that they love. And, you know, one of the things that I learned pretty early in my career is if you do what you love, the money will follow. Um, and so uh, it's important to do something that you really love. And I also think that that's part of what I see as the student loan debt crisis is that you know people choose careers hoping to make to choose a career where they're going to make a lot of money but the work that they have to do every day is soul killing and so while they might achieve the degree they can't stand the work and then they have to go find something else to do and it's an education wasted so you know putting effort into your life's purpose you know what you would be doing if you didn't have to make money is a really important thing to be able to do when you're young. But we are so focused on higher education that you know, people think that going to you know, higher education is more important. Um, what I can say about that is that um, 
you know, I happen to be part of the generation where lifespan is expanding. And so, you know, in my mother's generation, nobody in her family lived to be older than 60. And I have a few siblings that are older than 70 now. And so our lifespans are expanding. And, you know, to think about retiring at 60, it's just weird. Um, you know, I, you're probably going to live 30 more years. So, you know, running at 15, 16, 17 to try to figure out, you know, what you're going to do for the rest of your life um, is probably sort of a fool's errand. So um, I had a really smart philosophy teacher tell me once that life is a series of successive nows and you go from now to now to now to now to now. And so at the very beginning of your career, that now is about getting a credential and being able to make some money and supporting yourself. But I think what you find over the decades is that, you know, to some extent you grow and you learn more about the world and what's available and what's possible. And what you don't want to do is be so tied to an identity of working that your self-identity gets lost. So, you know, I see that a lot um, with people who go to professional school, they have an MD and the practice of medicine is not um, sustaining. It doesn't feel good to them, but they say, I spent 12 years getting this medical degree. I spent $200,000 on my education. I have to do it. Right. And you know, that's how your goal of finishing college and, you know, getting a degree gets in the way of your life's purpose, which is that you're now, you know, tied to practicing medicine, even though it doesn't feel good about, you don't feel good about it. Wow. So, you know, I try to encourage um, young people as I talk to them and look at it, um, you know, the goal about higher education because you can't you can't get to the other side of life without it. So um, is to you know look at it as a purchase, uh, look at it through the lens of affordability. Um, the things that they tell you are important about choosing a college aren't. Um, the most important thing that about college nobody talks to you about, which is graduation. Um, the dropout weight of college is higher than 50% for most colleges. Ooh. And so starting college but without finishing it is like really a bad idea. So the goal um, is when you do higher education to make sure that you finish, but it should be higher education that leads to your purpose. So that's a long way of getting around to what is this purpose thing and how do I figure it out? It is hard to know what you want to do if you've never done anything. Mm. Um, and I use myself as an example and, you know, where I have gotten in my understanding of purpose and goals versus, you know, what I knew back when I was a young person. Um, but, you know, from the time I was a little, little kid, I was a kid who would, um, argue my position. I fought for myself. I was an early talker. My mom said I talked in complete sentences when I was 10 months old. <laughs> and by the time I was two, I could hold a conversation with anybody. So 
before I was school-aged, everybody told me that I should be a lawyer. And okay, that was cool. Um, I watched Perry Mason. I loved it. Um, I couldn't wait for that, uh, the opportunity to be in a courtroom and say the objection that Perry Mason said in every show. Um, but other than watching Perry Mason, I didn't know any lawyers. I didn't know what they did all day. Um, and I didn't know whether or not I would like the work. And, um, but I did the work to get into law school and I got a degree and I practiced for you know a while. And after a while, the work was just killing me um, because it was repetitive in a way that I just didn't find tolerable. Um, and this gets back to my purpose. I didn't really know that the thing that I like doing more than anything is solving problems. So if I knew myself as well in my teens as I did in my 30s, I probably would have gone to engineering school if I had only known that there was a discipline called engineering where people worked at solving problems, big problems. I didn't know that either, right? So what I did know was that I should go to college, that I should get a degree, and everybody said that I would get a good paying job if I went to law school. Wow. Right? That had little to do with me and who I was and what made me happy and what I like doing and what I would do for free, um, irrespective of the money. Um, and it took me a long time to kind of work my way through that and through a lot of sadness and unhappiness. I didn't know that there was uh, assessment test where you could actually figure out what you are inherently good at and then be able to map what you're inherently good at to a career so that you could do something in your life for money that actually fits what you're naturally good at. So, you know, purpose is a hard thing because we are effectively asking children to figure out a purpose in a world, a universe, where they really don't know all of the things that could be on the table. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to give yourself a shot, right? To understand that life is a series of successes now. So for now, this is what I know about myself and this is what I'm gonna do. But as I learn more about myself, I wanna give myself the room and the opportunity to be able to do something else. And fortunately, because I went to college at a time when uh, college wasn't very expensive, you know, at least not in terms of what you had to spend yourself, um, I had the opportunity to be able to shift careers because I wasn't tied to the cost of a degree that I wasn't going to use anymore. Right. But the knowledge that I can give out of that to somebody today is if you can focus on college as something that should be low cost to you, then if you decide I've used this education as far as it can go and I need to do something else, you can pivot and go in another direction because you're not tied to the cost of what you've already spent. Right. Wow. There's a, there's so many things there, you know, I, I, I kind of take notes 
um, as, as you're speaking. And um, one of the things that you said that, uh, you said two things that really stuck out to me. The first one was purpose equals something you can't stop yourself from doing. Um, I think that's really profound. I think there are, I know there are folks uh, myself included, who just have interests that remain the same, and we just try to use conventional paths to get there, um, right. <laughs> even though we have sometimes unconventional, uh, based off of our location, uh, unconventional ideas of ourselves. Um, and I think that that ties into what you were talking about as far as not even really knowing all of the options that were on the table for you when you were determining what your major was going to be, what you were going to do, and how you were going to spend your life, you didn't even know about the assessment test that could have guided you a little bit more. And I think sometimes, depending on where you go to school and how things shape up for you, it's never really put on the table for you that you need to find something you love doing and do that. You know, it's, it's always put on the table for you. You need to you know, major in something that's going to make you as much money to pay for the fact that you got this degree. And those right. are except that's a trap, right? Because the thing is, is that especially doing the work that I've done in student loans, is I see so many people who have all of this debt, and the debt is tied to trying to get a high-paying job, and they get the high-paying job, but they can't sustain it in their soul every day. It's just killing them to do that work. And we're basically asking children to make these choices. I mean, you know, I, and I say this to parents often in my practice, think about it this way. If your child came to you and said, can I, at 17, and said, can I have $300,000 to buy a house or a car or anything else, you would look at them and say, have you lost your ever-loving mind? Right. But if they come to you and say, can I have $300,000 to go to Harvard, you empty out your life savings. Because you just assume by association they're going to do something um, that's worth it. <laughs> that exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, we need to understand that we're we're basically asking children to know what is not knowable Ooh. so they can do something that is not knowable to them, right? Um, and, and I would say, right, you know, no matter what it is that you think you want to do, right? If you think that you want to be a DJ, if you think you want to spit rap, if you think you want to, whatever it is, the best thing you can try to do is to find somebody who's already doing it and say, let me spend a day with you. Let me see what do you do all day? Because most of the time, if you can actually see what that person does all day, you would kind of go, yeah, no. <laughs> um, you know, that's just, you know, not for me. Um, but also, you know, if you can get some help understanding your strengths um, and what other things you can do, you know, with those strengths. So, you know, I actually happen to be a better problem solver um, than almost anything else. But I also happen to be a person who has pretty strong communication skills, which is something that's kind of rare in most people who are 
engineering like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I get that. But if you put those two things together, <laughs> there's a whole world of career out there for people who can solve problems and actually speak that about actually it. Actually help with the, how they articulate things. Exactly. So, you know, the whole, you know, point is that um, the thing that was probably my real strength, I, I was well into my career before I figured out what it was. And then by the time I actually figured out that you could put two things together, um, I was almost at the end of my career. So, you know, and that happens to a lot of people that by the time they get real clarity about their purpose, they've almost already spent a whole career, which is why I am so uh, deaf on saying to young people, right, um, you have the rest of your life to get educated, mm. right? Yeah. Um, there's, you know, no door is going to close to you if you don't have a degree by the time you're 25. Um, and you're still going to work for 50 years after you're 25. <laughs> You'll still get your time in, don't worry. So, it's just timing. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's really about um, this, this question that you've hit on. The question of purpose is way more important than we talk about um, when we talk to young people and talk about their futures um, we hardly speak to the issue of purpose we speak about jobs and you know a job is not a purpose a job is not your identity um, mm. and you know there needs to be real clarity around that a job is how you eat a job is how you keep a roof over your head but your purpose um, may be something entirely different from that. Yeah, you said it. Um, you said a job is not your identity. That is so crucial. I think for a lot of us, myself included, we define ourselves. I define myself in some ways by the work that I do. And I, and I for myself, I've, I've learned what my purpose is because I've been trying so hard to be defined by something that I liked, which was the work that I was doing. I wasn't always just doing the work that I liked to do, but the work that, that felt the best, that's what I wanted to be known for doing. And that thankfully, you know, the farther down that path I got, um, I learned that what I enjoy doing could be my purpose, which is also what I do for a living, which is also what I'm known for. So instead of my job being my purpose, my identity, my job being my identity, rather, my identity ties into what I do for a living to make money. And uh, that whole process has been, you know, three, four years in the making. But I believe what you said earlier you said it's hard to know what you want to do if you've never done anything. I've encountered a lot of folks who um, have said to me, you know, oh, I wish I was driven like that. I just really just don't know what I'm, what I want to do and yada, yada, yada. And they just, they sit on the sidelines a lot, pondering the question of what they want to do. And the, my first suggestion to them is to volunteer. There's organizations, volunteer, meet new people, talk to new folks who don't do what you do. 
see if you find something interesting start doing things and you'll find other people who are also doing things you know is it does that is that does that make sense or am i uh is that off the road it does it does make sense but it also makes equal sense that you probably do know what you want to do you just don't know anybody else who's doing it Mm. right and that gets back to you know the thing that i said before the thing that you can't stop yourself from doing um the thing that you can't stop yourself from thinking about um you know that is sort of your inherent calling and so you know if you don't know otherwise what you think your purpose is right take the time slow down ask yourself what did you do every day of the last seven days what have you done most days of the last month what have you done most days of the last year And if you look at that, you're probably going to find um, the kernel of something that is probably your career. And interestingly enough, it could be something as inane as playing video games, right? You know, people think of playing video games as, you know, something that you do in leisure and not something that uh, you can make a career out of, but you can make a career um, in the video game world in lots of different ways. You could be the person who helps identify the stories to be told or the person who documents whether or not, you know, the the um, the information that's being displayed on the screen is accurate or correct. Um, there are so many things that you could do, but Um, You know, I find, especially when I talk to young people and they say, and you say, well, what do you want to do? And they say, well, I think I'd like to work in the gaming industry. And it's like, really, what do you want to do? Well, I think I want to code. Really? Do you like math? No. Do you like logic? No. Mm, That's probably not a good fit, right? And then that becomes the end of the conversation, right? But they don't talk to you about, you know, gaming companies are businesses and they do all of the things that businesses do. They buy things, they hire people, they fire people, they run buildings, they, and then the game itself is a project. So somebody has to figure out, you know, from the beginning to the end, how do you make that work? Um, They have customers, they have audiences, Um, you know, so the the whole footprint of what a gaming company is, is what you need to understand if you're interested in gaming. And I just went through this with my 17 year old nephew who every summer when he would come and spend the summer with me, um, he would say, I love gaming. I wanna, I wanna grow up and write games. And every summer I would give him a tiny program to work on, which he would never work on. <laughs> So when he was 17 and he says to me, well, I picked my college and I picked my major. And I said, oh, really, what's that? And he said, I'm going to I'm going to major in computer programming. And I said, really, why are you going to do that? And he said, well, I want to be a gamer. And I said, yeah, but you've never shown any interest in that. Anyway, the long story short out of it, out of really talking our way through it, It turns out that his interest in gaming was the stories that were told. It also turns out that he actually is a pretty good writer, as is my sister, who's his mother. Um, And he's a pretty good storyteller. 
So we wound up picking a college that he could go to that had a function on storytelling for gaming. Wow. And that's now what he's doing in college, right? Wow. He's, he's lucky because, you know, I've been through all of this <laughs> right. and I actually know what people in IT do. And I know that that was not going to be a successful path for him. And, you know, getting in front of him saying, mm, now we're going to have a conversation about what you really like to do. And I know that it's not programming. So <laughs> it has to be something else. And then figuring out how does that fit into the gaming world? Every child deserves that. Every child will get that. Yeah. And that's really unfortunate because um, just like you said, there are so many folks who have amazing talents, but they don't, they haven't seen anybody do with their collection of gifts, something above average, something interesting, you know, something different. Um, I know when I uh, was coming up, I left uh, Gary, Indiana, uh, because I felt like I had overgrown my surroundings, because I felt like this was as far as I was going to go. I, I was 16. I had won a uh, Leaders of a Future Award and some other things I had gotten to speak at some um, engagements. And this was all when I was really young. I was very green and I was really struggling with a lot of different ideas about myself. And I realized that I was kind of at the end of my rope in Gary, um, and which is why I changed my environment. And just like you said, a lot of folks don't have the support, don't have the wherewithal, don't have the presentness of mind to say, you know, I'm going to change everything that I'm doing because, or change my location or change where I live, whatever. Um, because this is, this is not serving me anymore. Um, I'm not seeing anybody that inspires me. I don't feel, you know, I don't, I don't feel led to be here. What, um, just to, to, to move, keep moving forward. What did you, what is your biggest learning experience that, that you have uh, regarding your purpose versus your goals? Um, you spoke about being able to pivot from one career to the, to the other. Wasn't, I mean, wasn't that, I guess, wasn't that frightening? Isn't that, isn't that frustrating? How do you convince yourself to start over? How do you convince yourself that the time you put in is worth putting in again? How do you put how do you motivate yourself to do that? I know sometimes redundancy is something that bothers me a lot. And so I try to make things that are sustainable. I try to make things um I think that's one of the the, the issues I have with working for other people, right? You can work your whole life and make somebody so much money and and really re restructure the way that their business flows or and and they can be doing really great but at the end of the day if you leave that place you're you don't have anything to show for it right the thing is is that you know your purpose is um about you know building your own intellectual and emotional capital uh in your life right and um one of the things that I think is a wrong lesson that we're all taught at the beginning of our life is that there is a permanent solution to um, intellectual and emotional capital. There is not. Um, and so, and the, and the reality is, is that as most people live their lives, they live their lives um, understanding that over time, they actually change 
um, major things um, in their lives because the solution that they changed, that, that, that they took when they were younger doesn't fit. Um, I was actually, you know, pretty lucky because when I decided to pivot, I actually had an underlying degree um, that helped me make that pivot to doing something uh, different. So, you know, I, I stopped practicing law and then started working in technology teaching because I had an undergraduate degree in teaching. Um, and I started teaching technology. And from there, I moved on to um, consulting on technology and then doing technical support in technology and then to being the boss in technology. But really what I learned in making the switch um, into technology was that it gave me the platform to solve problems. And what I actually learned out of all the things that I've done is that I'm actually pretty good at finding things that are broken and fixing them. And that's actually how I made my, my whole career um, in technology was basically working on a whole bunch of broken things because most people don't like working on broken things. But for me, it's intriguing. Um, well, why is it broken? Well, you know, if you change this, does it fix it? Does this fix it? Does that fix it? What else do you have to do to fix it? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of um, interesting. I really didn't understand that about myself, that I was intrigued by things that are broken and um, setting them back to right. And so um, it's a downside also because I kind of discovered that once I fixed it and it was working well, I wasn't really interested in it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I get that. Okay. And, and so, you know, that's a thing that you have to, you know, learn about yourself. And, you know, we have a society that's sort of focused on permanent solutions. And so when you get to something and it's working pretty well, and then you want to leave, people don't understand. And they're like, why? Why do you want to leave? And it's like, because there's, there's no do. challenge there for me anymore, right. right? The challenge was in fixing it, not running it. Anybody can run it. Not anybody can fix it. That was the way I thought about it. Now, after having done that repeatedly over the course of my career, I can say that clearly now. Um, you know, 30 years ago, it was a struggle to say, I'm leaving this because there's no more intellectual satisfaction or curiosity in running a well-run department. I can say it now. Back then, I don't think I actually had the words for why I was restless, why it was time um, to move on. I just knew that it was something that I, I needed to do. And, you know, moving on to the next thing was important to me. And, and part of the reason for talking about these things is I hope that your audience is uh, an audience of young people. And most successful people, um, they try to portray their careers as linear. I did this, you know, I knew at the beginning exactly what I wanted to do. And I took these five steps and then I was the boss and I made more money than God and I, you know, and all of that. And it's just not true for, you know, most people. Most people don't know exactly what they want to do when they're young. Most people don't know what's possible to be done when they're young. And you have to kind of 
you know, find yourself in it and find your way through it. And that's actually okay as long as you're moving towards something that satisfies what matters to you when you get up every day and you feel like you're doing something really great. You're happy with the work you're doing. That's what matters. Yeah, that that is, um, that's great to hear. Um, this idea that I know I have, I have completely subscribed to that idea too, that you have to do this and you have to do that. And, you know, I have to be very, very clear about what I want. And, but in so doing, you know, I don't think until recently I've even had the courage to say definitively, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't, you know, I don't want to have this career. I don't want to be your professional good employee. I don't want to be that. And I don't want that to be my life. And however my life looks, I like, like without being that, I guess that's just what it's going to be. There are, there, there's a lot of freedom that comes from feeling like that. But I mean, I can just only imagine some of the expectations and things that folks have from their parents and people who may have paid for their education and paid for them to go down a specific route. Um, the amount of courage it takes to, you know, to tell someone, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be, you know, you spent 12 years of your life being a doctor and everybody's all proud of you for being a doctor. But it's like people will only be happy with you as long as you're doing something they can understand. And I think that's one of the reasons that, that, that one of the things that clouds um, your perspective on what your actual purpose is, because there are some people, they feel like their purpose is to make sure that their family is happy, you know, to make sure their mom and dad are okay with them or to get that validation or whatever it is that they, that they need. I, I think, um, you know, the important part of life is that there is dignity in work, but your identity is not the work that you do. Mm. Um, like nobody wants to not work. Nobody, no, nobody wants to have their own account where you know they earn for themselves and can choose their living circumstance, whether or not they buy a car, take public transportation, whether or not they can go on vacation, you know, whether or not you're eating steak or hamburger. Everybody wants to be able to earn on their own account. And that is an important thing to do. Um, and, I, and I don't want to seem to be dismissive of that um, because I think that is very important. But um, if you can learn to say that, you know, I am whatever your name is and the work I do is the name of the work. Right. So when you say I am a lawyer, you are uh, merging your identity and your profession. So if you lose that professional identity, then what are you? Hmm. Right. Right. Um, and so this is an economy that is changing. Um, you know, we've seen whole industries just disappear. So if you've done everything that you're supposed to do and you've worked as hard as you know how to work and you were a great employee and the whole industry disappears because of a change in technology, then you're what? Right. 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 So, you know, purpose has to be separate from goals. Identity has to be separate from the work that you do. 
Um, and I, again, the only way that I really think about purpose um, is the thing that they can't, you know, stop you from doing. Um, you know, no matter what, you, you find a way to do it. And it's kind of interesting, you know, when I talk about purpose in that way, almost everybody smiles because, you know, they think of something that, you know, they were discouraged from doing when they were a kid, um, you know, saying nobody's going to pay you to do that. Yeah. Um, but they did it anyway. <laughs> um, and, you know, those are the things that are your purpose. Now, you know, when you get to be an adult and you're no longer a child, you have to, you know, kind of take your the thing that you can't stop doing it and apply it in a way that adults do, right? Um, and, you know, if you want to make a career out of it, great. You can make a career out of it, um, you know, because nobody probably told you if you created a podcast, people from all over the world would listen. Right. But nobody can stop you from doing it because this was something that you just needed to do. Right. So it doesn't necessarily mean that because you're doing what you need to do, that the world is going to stop and listen. But you should do it anyway, because, you know, you're being you're being called to do it. There's, there is a purpose there, a purpose in your life. And it's probably the thing that you're best at. Ooh. Uh. Mm. So, I heard you say that just because you're doing what you feel like makes you happy, it does not mean the world's going to stop and take notice, but you should do it anyway. I think that's a really, um, that is a really profound thing to say because our metrics for success, our um, our ideas about ourselves and our uh, self-evaluations are based on other people's responses to our identity or to our work. And um, it, it's you're saying the exact opposite, which is very interesting and um, very refreshing because these are the things that we can't control. I can't control how anybody's going to feel about this podcast. I can't control how anybody's going to feel about me thinking I know something or thinking I'm somebody because, you know, of the dreams and the aspirations that I have. Like, that's not even for me to do. I'm not worried about how somebody's going to feel about it because ultimately I'm the only one who lives with myself 100% of the time. And so I can't control how anybody else uh, views me or anything that I do. And when you said that, um, it was it was validating for me uh, because it was validating to me because I believe that purpose has to be void of how other people are going to respond. Purpose has to be completely based around what feels right for you, what makes you feel significant um, outside of anybody else. Uh, and their approval. I have a friend who worked for Fortune, um, and it was a good paying job. He was able to retire at 50, um, put three kids through college, right? Um, and he needed a good paying job because he had three little kids. But 
his purpose in life to do every day, which he does every day, is roller skate. He has a fantastic roller skating. He's in his seventies, right? He loves it. He loves the people. He has a community of people there. It's something that he does every single day. He loves what he does for and all of that. Um, and everybody kept saying, when are you gonna stop skating? And he kept saying, never, never. This is something that I love to do. So I say that only to make the point. The purpose is not all about whether or not you make money. Purpose is about something that you can't stop yourself from doing. He can't stop himself from skating. On the days that he doesn't skate, he doesn't feel right. right? It is an integral part to his well-being. But also in skating, he has a community of people that he skated with for 50 years. And they are his emotional support network. And then theirs, right? And they do a lot of stuff together and they help each other out and all of that. So, you know, I just want to be able to give an example of purpose that is not to be monetized because, you know, sometimes purpose is about the community that you create, you know, the family outside of family. Um, you know, that might be your purpose in life. It doesn't necessarily have to do with money. And, you know, I really want to, you know, uh, separate those two things. Um, you can make a living and make a decent living, and it might not have anything to do with your purpose in life. I had an instructor once tell me that if you have the privilege of working and doing something that you love, you'll never work another day in your life. And I've kind of been chasing that philosophy. I actually, I have been. Um, I've worked other jobs where, you know, it was a decent pay, but I really hated doing it. And for me, that's almost non-negotiable. You know, my mental health goes down <laughs> once I start spending a lot of time doing stuff that doesn't make me feel good or doesn't, um, you know, affirm me in any way, shape or form, doesn't speak to my, uh, my gifts or anything. Um, I can't, I can't hang. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, your purpose is in family, it's in your children, it's, you know, it's in your community, it's in your church. Um, you know, I know people who, you know, work a job that gives them the opportunity to be engaged in the community and to be able to serve because what the job does for them is keep a roof over their head and gas in the car and food in their belly but it is not what serves their it's not the sustenance for their soul and you know that's the one thing that I wanted to talk about today is you know making sure that it's okay to separate those two things we tend to think of in the United States that um, the work that you do is always going to be life affirming, life sustaining, and it's going to provide you with um, all of the soul sustenance that you need. And that may not be true, right? So if you have a job that you can do that pays you and you can, you know, you can have the life that you want to have, and the, the, the thing that sustains your soul is something else, um, you know, then have that that's okay it doesn't have to be one thing and that's why i keep talking about you know your identity not being your work nor is your purpose necessarily in the work that you do it might be but for most people it's not 
Mm. Yeah. Wow. That leaves uh, mm, a lot of options on the table. Um, so let me ask you this. What, how, do you, how do you define your success in either your purpose or your goals? How do, you, how do you, should your goal be to find your purpose? Should your purpose be, um, you know, uh, separating your, your, what your soul desires and what makes sure that you can live? Like, how do you, how do you define success? Honestly, I think for most people, because of the way we look at success in this country, it's actually backwards. You find your goals first. So you're, you know, the first goal that most young adults have is to pick um, post-secondary education and then try to finish it on time and hopefully finish it without um, an amount of killing. And then you find a job. Um, I actually think that's backwards. I think if you figure out what you'd like to do and then pick a college that's affordable for what you want to do, you can do that for whatever period of time it satisfies you and then move on to something else. Um, now, you know, it actually naturally worked out that way for me and that happens probably to be, you know, more of uh, my age than anything else. But for young people, it has to be more deliberate. You have to kind of think about this is where I am now. And my goals right now are to become self-sustaining. So I'm going to go to school and, you know, get an education so that I can become self-sustaining. And as I become self-sustaining, what else is it that I want to do? And, you know, the reality is, is, you know, that path is something that is pretty narrowly defined. Um, you know, we tell people go to college, then after you go to college, you get married and then you buy a house and then you have kids and then you send your kids retire. Um, and, you know, that's okay for some people, um, but, you know, it's not okay for everybody. So I think if, you know, if you're 17 years old and you're starting out today, and, you know, my six words of wisdom for you would be put time into finding your purpose. Then pick a college. Then pick a career. Then pick a college, then pick a career. Right. You know, so those would be my six words of wisdom to you. But, you know, most people get it the other way around. From the time they were little kids, their parents have dreams for them and they say, um, I want you to go to the University of Illinois. I want you to go to Northwest. I want you to go to Harvard. And so that becomes your goal. Wow. Yeah, I think that that is so... Find out what your purpose is, what you like to do, and then pick a school to go to. Yes. Yeah. That's so difficult yeah. sometimes. There's, there's so much fast-moving information uh, I feel like young people right now are at a huge disadvantage. Like they have all the technology and they, all of the access, but they have so much less direction, so much less, you know, positive influence. Uh, and that, that's just my opinion, but 
Well, you know, the thing is, is no generation of young people have ever had real direction. I mean, I started working at the beginning of the computer age. And when I wanted to work in computers, everybody was like, well, what is that? What, what, why do you want to do that? Um, you know, they didn't understand what computers were or be able to see the future. So, you know, as you sit here doing your podcast, I am sure there are plenty of people who know you and, you know, it's like, he is so smart. Why is he spending his time talking to people over the internet? Um, you know, it's, they, they don't understand, um, you know, why this matters to you. Like, you know, I, I am actually hard pressed to figure out, you know, um, Instagram influencers or, you know, people who spend their days making TikTok videos, but they do. And, you know, there's a, there's a purpose for what it is that, you know, they do. So, you know, you can't look to other people for understanding of your purpose. I mean, I think that's probably the fatal mistake that most people make is um, they find something that they really want to do and then they want other people to agree with them. Yes. Uh, yes. I do that too. I want somebody to tell me I'm not crazy. I want somebody to tell me that I'm not dreaming too big. In my heart, I know it doesn't matter because I'm hard-headed and I do stuff anyway. But I, you, sometimes you want that to feel like you're not, you know, shouting into the void, you know? Well, they're only going to agree with you if you're doing something traditional. So you need a nine to five that they can understand and relate to. They don't understand and relate to the technology that you're using, the people that you're talking to, the purpose that you're serving in doing the talking. None of that relates to them, right? So, you know, again, when it comes down to it, um, you know, if, if I were talking to a 17-year-old, I'd be spending a lot of time trying to figure, say, figure out who you are, what you like, and what you don't like, and make sure that all the stuff that you don't like is off the table. Right. Um, but I can tell you, I have parents who come to see me with their 17-year-old children trying to figure out how they're going to pay for college, and they say things like, you know, my child is going to be a pharmacist. I say, really? And I look at the kid and say, do you like math? Do you like chemistry? And they say, well, no. And then I say to the parents, your child's going to be a pharmacist? And they go, yeah, well, pharmacy pays, you know, $175,000 a year. Great, but your kid doesn't like math. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, those are the kinds of... <laughs> Devastating. Right. Um, you know, mixed messages you know, that, that happened. So again, you know, coming back to where you started, you know, and the idea of talking about purpose, purpose isn't, you know, just for the, the person. It is also for the purpose person's ecosystem, right? You know, if you really want to love somebody, if you really want to support somebody, listen to them when they're talking about their dreams and how they dream the world that includes things that you can't see. And don't try to, you know, necessarily understand it, try to hear it, right? Um, well, what's in that world that you see? Why is that important? What does it mean to you? What are you going to do with that? Because that's actually helping them to develop their purpose. But most people, when you start to talk about your dreams, they go to challenge me. What do you mean you want to do a podcast? Who's going to pay you for that? Mm. <laughs> so true. Right? So true, yes. As opposed to, well, any money on you know, that yet? yeah, you know, well, 
but you know, hardly everybody, anybody asks you, well, what do you get out of the conversations that you have? What have, what have you learned? What makes the world a better place because you're having these conversations, right? And then it becomes a different uh, development of purpose for you if people are trying to understand why you're doing what you're doing as opposed to telling you that in my value system, what you're doing has no value. Well, that's cool, but this ain't you, it's me. That's right. So, you know, one of the things that you have to have to, you know, really be able to follow your purpose is the resilience of being able to say to other people, I get that you don't understand, but I'm going to do this. Anyway. Yeah. Purpose is hard. Purpose is hard. Hashtag purpose is hard. <laughs> That's why people don't do it. That's why they just go along to get along. So, um, you know, when it it gets um, to the thought exercise, um, I think the thing that has been the most profound thing for me is, um, you know, to reduce things to now. Um, you know, what, what, what really trips me up sometimes is looking down the road. What, what has to be done in a month or a year or two years to the point that sometimes I'm not as focused on what needs to be done now. So um, when I'm struggling with uh, direction and what to do. Um, I tried to uh, write down the things that come to my mind and then to describe a time period to Is it something that needs to be done now? Is it something that needs to be done tomorrow or something that needs to be done in the future? Something that needed to be done yesterday. If it needed to be done yesterday, do it now. If it needs to be done now, do it now. If it can be done tomorrow, write it down, stick it on a post-it note, put it on your wall, you can get to it. If it's way down the road, you may find that by the time you get to it, you don't need to do it anymore. So um, it's, for me, it's like an organization. Um, and I, I tend to think of myself as a creative person in my own kind of way. And I get lots of ideas about things that Done. I like to think a lot, I like to ruminate a lot, and I get lost in my ideas sometimes. So, you know, focus now. What needs to be done right now or needed to be done yesterday is really important. And then if I could do it tomorrow or some other point in the future, don't let it go, write it down. So, um, the most important part of my life is a notebook that I carry around everywhere because ideas hit me all the time. And um, if I don't write it down, I don't remember. So I write it down. But, you know, at least once a week, I have to sit down and go through my notes and organize them around now. This is something I need to do now. Or did I need to do it yesterday? Can I do it tomorrow or some other time in the future? Um, that has been the greatest organizational tool that I've found that helps me manage my Wow. That's a really great, um, writing down everything that comes to mind that's stressing you out and establishing a priority to it, uh, write down if it needs, if it needs to be done right now, 
whether it can wait till yet tomorrow or if it should have been done yesterday <laughs> and what are just future items that are just floating around in your head adding pressure wow can it wait so when you say things different phrases come to my mind um and uh the, for the things that are are need to be done tomorrow um i was just thinking can it wait I, I i write things down a lot and i try to in less concise terms than you just gave me um i tried to establish some kind of priority um but i think that's a that's a great way to put it it's like handling things that are immediate and for me <laughs> and you may relate to this is when you have all these ideas and these thoughts about stuff everything feels like it has to happen right now so you're constantly you know trying to um alleviate pressure um because you feel so many things are urgent everything is urgent everything you know and so uh, i can definitely write some things down and establish what needs to happen right now what can wait till tomorrow what needs to happen yesterday i feel like sometimes my yesterday's list can get a little frustrating <laughs> That's why I kept bringing back, bringing in yesterday, because it was like, damn, I could have done that by yeah. now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that actually turns out to be my Achilles heel every time, because that's actually the hardest thing, the thing that you used to do yesterday that you didn't do. Ooh. Right? Keep putting it off. <laughs> right, that's the hardest category. It's the hardest thing. So, and, and you know, um, so that's why... You know, I needed to do that yesterday is is a thing because you know I know that's the thing I'm avoiding. Right. Oof. Right. Oh my goodness, that's a great thought exercise. Oh. Um. Yeah. So for any of those who are, are listening to this to this podcast, um, you know, we're getting some really wise words right now, and sitting down and make a list of the things that are heavy on your mind um, and figure out what the priorities are. If it needs to happen today rather than right now, should it have happened yesterday, which means you need to take care of it right now and you may be putting it off and can it wait till tomorrow? And the lastly, is this a future item? Because if it's that far in the future, you probably don't need to be stressing out about it right now, which is, you know, it's kind of hard to differentiate those two, but this this is why we have these thought exercises. We're introducing new principles, new strategies, new exercises that we can incorporate into our into our daily lives, into how we manage our stress, into how we uh, respond to 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 high demand and um, high intensity, whether it's at work or in your, just your own life. We have to build better strategies in order to be more successful in finding our purpose, in, in living our purpose, in protecting our purpose. And so um, I really appreciate that thought exercise. That was fantastic. And I will definitely use that. I feel like my yesterday list is going to be the death of me. <laughs> the last thing I will tell you is you know, the universe gives wonderful ideas to more than one person at a time. And if it's not yours to do right now, maybe somebody else will have done it by the time you get to it. But that's okay. Um, you know, and I think that's part of what stops people. You know, they get these wonderful ideas and they're afraid that the universe will wait for them. 
Um, it's not meant in that way. Um, you know, the universe is bringing to you opportunities. And, um, you know, back in the 70s, there used to be the saying, to each is reach, but if you don't come, it's not yours to have. And mm. I just try to, you know, remember that when opportunities and ideas come along, reach. And the one that you grab, you know, is either the one for you or not. But if it's not, another idea will come and you get to reach for that idea. So, you know, it's kind of like we, we, we kind of want to grab everything and hold it. But if you're using both of your hands to hold everything, you don't have any hands to do any work. Yeah. So grab one idea, you know, do that to the best of your ability, write down some others. If you get there and somebody else got to it first, you remember the universe, you know, served you with them. It's okay. The universe keeps serving. You just have to keep listening. The universe keeps serving. You just have to keep listening. I'm writing that down. That's a great quote. The universe keeps serving. Wow. Well, thank you so much. I, you know, I really appreciate you coming on here. It has, you have been an incredible um, guest. I, I am so thankful for this podcast. It gives me an opportunity to, um, to, to start and, and uh, build dialogue that I think is really needed, especially for, um, for young people, especially for young Black people, young people of color who have not had as fair or as uh, equitable an exchange with um, access to information, with access to empowerment, with access to mentors and people who will encourage them to think out of the box. And everyone receives messages different ways, right, from the universe. And I just want to do my part to be a vessel for those messages uh, from the universe to somebody, to multiple people. Um, and to all those listening, wherever you are, you know, I appreciate you for listening um, to this, uh, this great information. We've all been able to, to sit at the feet of Miss Dylan and listen. Um, so I, I, I truly appreciate you. Uh, I will say this, you know, um, it's been more than 40 years since I met your mom as a freshman. And, um, you know, when you leave college and you go your own separate ways, there's a small group of people who, you know, you travel the road of life with and other people, you, you know, are part of your memory. What's amazing to me is that um, not one, but two of your mother's children have crossed my path. <laughs> You know, and, and, and that means that there's something, you know, special there. There's a, you know, there's, there's a reason for that happening. Because I have many, many classmates, most of whom their children I've never met or, and certainly not had the opportunity to cross paths with them professionally. So, um, you know, I, I just take this as a truly um, amazing opportunity. And I'm really grateful for you asking me to do this interview and to have a chance to just discuss purpose and goals, which I think, you know, doing the work that I do and helping people out of difficult financial issues because of the way that they choose college, this is integrally tied 
identify you pick. You know, if you don't know your purpose when you pick, you're likely to spend a lot more money than somebody who does know their purpose when they pick. So slow your roll, take your time. You know, it doesn't matter if you graduate from college at 22 or 24, nobody's asking you, it's not on a test. <laughs> right. Take it, figure it out. And, you know, um, once you figure out your purpose, remember that, you know, um, unless you are a Rockefeller, you cannot spend unlimited amounts of money on your education. When you go to buy a car, you know the difference between a Mercedes and a Mercedes. Do the same thing for college. Right. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. Thank you so, very, so, so much. Um, you're very welcome. You know, I will... Uh, I will send you the link to this episode once it's all said and done. This is a really special one for me, and I really appreciate um, you taking the time to be to be here. Uh, you didn't have to, so so thankful. Well, I had to. You know, when you wrote to me and you said, you know, Ivy's my sister, and I knew who your mom was, and what did I write back? I have to because <laughs> I don't know your sister. So yes, I had to do this. There, there was no way I was not uh, doing this, but I'm grateful to have had the opportunity. And thank you so much, Kibway, for uh, one, having such an imaginative um, uh, process um, to be speaking to. It, it's more important than people understand in this economy to actually try to understand purpose and how you do what you do. So I'm grateful to you doing this work. Thank you. Oh, you are so welcome. Ugh, I'm going to start blushing. No, no, don't blush. All right. Have a good evening. All right. You too now. Bye-bye. Bye. Empower You podcast is devoted to bringing real world wisdom and encouragement to our listeners. We discuss a multitude of life principles and the process from an economic, cultural, and societal perspective. We believe that through tough conversations and shared wisdom, we can pave the path and leave a ladder for the future. Subscribe to our channel and let us empower you.